1: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel, that's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check us out on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. You can find Five on the Floor there, but also before floor, an hour prior to every heat game. Also, post up Five R as soon as the heat game ends. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com, the latest takeaways for Brady Hawk and many others on our contributor list. And the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm not hosting tonight because I was at the watch party at Quarterdeck. We had a great time. Quarterdeck is one of our premier sponsors. They got five restaurants in Broward County. Tonight we were at the Davy location. They took great care of us. Of course, they got great food, great drinks, and a great atmosphere at this one with a patio outside. So make sure you check out Quarterdeck. Also check out TherapistPreferred.com. Use the code 5RSN, get the best premium CBD. That's the tincture, the sports cream, the gummies, and so much more. 25% off if you use the code 5RSN at therapistpreferred.com. And now, Greg will take you from here, tonight's episode.
0: on the floor, ride for my dogs well, here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars wearing bubble frogs, just like say you in trouble y'all kept the floor playing, got an all bang, y'all seen the block stop in one hand, impact we trust, it's power having have the guts we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up
2: Welcome to five on the floor, a daily insider show on the Miami heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the five reasons sports network.
3: Welcome back to five on the floor. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Uh, with me on tonight's episode is Alex Toledo and Alana Tahauer. Hopefully I said that correctly. We always say that here on the show, um, Tonight's floor plan, uh, no Ethan, no Brady, they're all at the uh, watch party. They did not jinx the heat, y'all. Tonight's floor plan, we're going to laugh at the Sixers a little bit. Like, that's where we're going to start, straight up. I I only got the opportunity to watch the fourth quarter, and I felt like I might end up um, the jinx – uh, like because essentially, right when I turned it on, it looked like the Sixers were storming back. Heat held on ultimately 101 96. They win 10 players active. I mean, Marcus Garrett's in the rotation. You got, um, you know, the starting lineup is a skeleton crew of undrafted guys. The Sixers have, relatively speaking, a full cast of characters, and I just love the idea of the Heat going into Philadelphia and beating them. Um, but unfortunately, I can't really tell you much about this game besides the fourth quarter. So I am going to defer and I'm going to pass the ball uh, to Alana first to tell us a little bit about, I guess, um, what she took away from the first half in general, because uh, I didn't get to see it. So you're going to inform me basically as we jump in here.
2: Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway is just how confident guys looked. Um, obviously, I'm sure we'll get to Gabe Vincent, but even Yurt. Um, and even Marcus Garrett, who didn't get a lot of playing time, there was just something different about the energy tonight. I honestly think that we love playing the Sixers. I think we thrive in that energy. Um, I mean, their own fans were booing them at a certain point, and we were just getting better and better as, as that was happening. Um, and beat is just and I know Ethan tweeted this. He's just not that guy, not against us. So I don't know. I thought like from the start, we just came out fiery body language was looking right. Um, I know I was a little nervous going into it cause Tyler wasn't there. Didn't seem to matter. So I don't know. This is like, we, we just played Miami Heat basketball, I think is really the overall takeaway.
3: Yeah. Alex, before the pod started use, used the word magic, magical, something like that. And, uh, and I thought that that, like, I, I could see where the timeline was heading with that Alex, like what, what, when you say magic, like that, there was a certain element of that, like in this game, what, what are you referring to specifically?
4: Well, specifically, it's not necessarily one thing, other than you know, it's not like we're going to get seven threes out of Gabe Vincent, uh, regularly. It was just, but that's the magical part, right? It's like you got a lot of things going right when you really needed it to, because not only are you missing Jimmy Bam. Uh, Caleb Martin, Morris, Oladipo, who's, who you've been missing all season. Now you're missing a uh, hero. And it's like, you're playing Philly who, like you said, like outside of Ben Simmons, they got everybody there. And, you know, we were, we just had Nick from Bebo Hall Breakdown on, and he was talking about how that Sixers matchup, you know, might be a tough one for the Heat. Uh, we didn't have time to go back and forth on that, but in my head, I was boiling. I'm like, I just don't understand like people continuing to take this team seriously, and I don't know what it is about this franchise that gets me so fired up. Like I was, I, I had a re- really good time watching this game, and he controlled the game for pretty much like 80% of that game until that Sixers comeback, right? Like they were in charge, right? And it wasn't just like unsustainable threes; they were just running their offense to a T. They were executing the same exact defense, by the way, with you know some. Uh, a couple of tweaks here and there that they've been running against Embiid and beat in the Sixers since t- 2019. The Sixers just don't really do a great job adjusting to the zoning and the blitzing that the heat do. It was a lot of, of zone aggressive zoning tonight, whether Embiid was on the floor or not. And it got really ugly when Embiid was not on the floor for the Sixers. Right. And I just think uh, Alana talked about confidence there. I couldn't agree more. It was like everybody got going tonight versus the Sixers. Right. And uh, you saw, not only the guy she mentioned, then you talk about KZ Akpala, (laughs) like he just keeps playing well. And this is just another night where I'm like, wow, he looks really competent out there, man. Like it's not he doesn't even need like too many like threes to fall for him to in 15 minutes to to show something out there, because he didn't hit any threes tonight. He he hit a couple shots, you know, closer to the paint and was just playing good defense out there and, and was navigating screens and switches well, navigating the zone well, which he's shown in the past. Like I just think it was a really, really great team effort. Lowry was sort of the captain of the ship uh, on offense, setting guys up, even though he wasn't scoring great. Uh, And just in general, I love what we saw from PJ, from Deadman, obviously Gabe Vincent, who's just, uh, I think proven that he's a much better player than he was last season, just looks so much more fluid uh, in the way he handles the ball, the way he catches and shoots. Uh, a lot of guys really got going and they finally got some threes to fall down. And that's going to be, you know, the other end of these nights where they really can't get these threes to fall down. Like you're going to have nights like tonight, they, they got six more threes than the Sixers and you would think that the Sixers have a lot more shooting. So things went their way, but it's because their process was great.
3: I love that. Um, They, the heat shot 44 three point field goal attempts tonight and shot
4: 41%. That's been that's right like, on track with who they've been with with Jimmy and Bam out, too.
3: Yeah, you're right. Um, It's a live and die by the three kind of team right now. But I think like that's the only thing you can lean into when you've got this kind of group. Um, If if I'm doing quick math here, that's like 60 percent of their field goal attempts coming from three. How
4: about they, this? They are a little shy. My bad. Uh, they out rebounded the Sixers by 16.
2: That's
3: just nuts.
4: That's and insane. Then- they were zoning for half the game and zoning is like.
2: And B just disappears against us. Like there's something that happens. And then Drummond, don't even get me started on him. First of all, I forgot he was on this team. When he came on the screen, I was like, wait a second. And then I kind of got more excited because I'm like, this guy, this guy can't do anything against us. Yeah, I think mean, he forgot you're-
4: who he plays for too.
2: Right. Like, I. so I don't, to me, and I just wanted to say one thing about what Alex kind of touched upon in terms of, it being team ball. I've been saying this all season when everything clicks, that's when we're successful. It's not like one guy anymore. We, that's just not the Miami heat way. It needs to be every single person contributing in some way. It doesn't mean that they're going to have the best game of their lives, but you know, guys like Yurt stepping up, obviously Gabe being the catalyst Kyle was doing what he needed to do. uh, And I think that especially without Bam and Jimmy, but also Tyler and Keith, um, and until Depot gets back, like, that's what we need to keep doing. Everything, everyone just needs to play a role well, regardless of what role they're playing that night. Uh, and I think we're just firing on all cylinders.
3: Yeah, no, I think you're, you're onto something and we're going to, we're going to give Gabe like a, a, a healthy segment because he deserves one tonight. But like, just when you look at this, like, and I, I'm box score watching as I'm analyzing because I didn't get to see most of the game, as I mentioned, but like for Kyle to go four of 12 and have six turnovers and this team to to win at Billy uh, to me, like. Incredible. That's where we can lean into this Gabe Vincent conversation. Cause I think the stat line that you see up top um, of, of this box score from Gabe is kind of what we thought Kyle was going to do tonight. And it ended up being Gabe. He was so unconscious. He threw up a three point shot from half court at the end of that game. And it went in. Um, Alex, I'll start with you. Cause we, we, we all need to, uh, to, to discuss Gabe, not only just tonight, but I think he's kind of in this stretch where we've had to lean on him more. And yes, I'm still saying we y'all, um, he's proving that he can actually be counted on. And I think that that is something that's an underrated element. We didn't know if that, if he was a player that could be counted on. And obviously there's going to be peaks and valleys of the season, but how much of tonight, I know we can't expect Alex, you said it earlier, seven threes from Gabe, but what did you see from him tonight that you think um, encouraged you beyond just like the outlier seven, you know, three point game? What else did you see from him?
4: I mean, just in general, like I alluded to earlier, I think he looks just generally more poised, right? He's out there and just, like, I think has taken some cues from Kyle. And I know that's kind of a cop-out, easy thing to say in general. because But it's true, though. Like, kind of the way that he's playing now is more in control. And I know that happens when you get more time in the league. He was obviously – he was a rookie last season, right? Do I have that right? I, I don't know. I, the last two seasons have kind of blended in together. so Yeah, I, I it's don't one know of those he,
3: two. But he's essentially a rookie last year. That's yeah. how I'm taking it. <laughs>
4: So he's he's grown a little bit, and and I think he's shown it because when the threes fall, he just looks like a really really <laughs> nice player to have, especially when you're talking about like him and Struess, essentially being at the minimum for you guys that you churned from from two-way guys into rotation players. They did the same with Caleb before he went down, so it's just more of the same, and it's fun seeing the the growth of these guys because like all of last season, I think was tough for Heat fans and obviously for the team, the organization itself, and I think people were. <laughs> A lot of fans were kind of sick of watching guys like Struess and Vincent and just like, you know, you obviously fans are going to want to watch their best players more often and guys were just in and out of the, of the lineup all the time. But this is what happens, right? It kind of like you get to these points where it, it kind of accelerates their growth a little bit. Guys that who, who you wouldn't think would have big roles, the uh, Heat see something in them and they develop them like if they are rotation players, regardless of what, whether or not they're playing. And, and clearly it shows like he's just a much better player than he was before. And by the way, something I forgot to mention, they also matched the the Sixers in free throw attempts tonight, which I think is pretty crazy considering Embiid is, like, one of the best in drawing fouls when it comes and to no And no Jimmy no Bam. Yes, it's crazy. Tyler, you know, gives them a couple free throws too. It's not like Lowry had a big game uh, getting to the line. It was just a team effort just like everything else. You know, I think it was a, just a fantastic game from everybody. And the Vincent shooting is really what kind of – obviously Duncan had a, an awesome game too, by the way, between – Uh, like, he he went 4 of 11 from 3, which doesn't stand out too much. But I just think, even though it it trailed off towards the end, like, between him and Gabe, that was the type of shooting they needed to get this win and just kind of, I think, hold off the Sixers from that comeback that other times they would have been able to complete.
3: Yeah, I think you throw out efficiency from Duncan on a night like tonight. Like, tonight is one of those games where he needed to shoot 16 shots or more. And the fact that he got to the line five times, got eight rebounds, like, I think he did enough of the other things where... Yeah, man. Yeah. And like towards the end of that game, he, he specifically went to the basket um, and, and got that foul call. Eight like, rebounds,
4: three assists. Exactly. That's so That's a good dunking game,
3: man. It's a really good dunking game. And I mean, the only quarter I watched, I think P.J. hit both of his threes. So like every time I watch P.J., I'm more and more impressed. Um, bef- I, before we put a bow on this game and kind of look ahead. uh,
4: Hold I think we talk about the fourth quarter a little bit?
3: Yeah. Okay. Let's
4: do that. I, I just
2: want to say one thing though, with Gabe Vincent, what hit me most is the fact that he came into the season saying he's not really going to be a shooter. Like he wanted to be quote unquote, a traditional point guard. And I think what I feel like I need to applaud him for is that he saw a game like tonight And the fact that he needed to be that shooter, even though maybe that's not what he's looking for from himself this year, but I mean, going into it, we're missing so many bodies that I think he just took it upon himself to be like, all right, well, I said this, but I'm going to step up in this way. So I think people also just need to like, give him credit for the fact that he switched that mentality up. Um, Especially after, I mean, a lot of heat nation, a lot of heat Twitter were kind of, you know, down on him and down on his shooting. He didn't care. He just came in and, we, and just gave us the offense we were looking for, especially when Kyle had like a decent game on his own and in his own right. But shooting wise, like Gabe just took over. And for me, I was surprised, obviously, pleasantly, just because he, he had said, you know, that that wasn't going to be his role. So, I mean, props to him for kind of stepping in in there in that way, too.
3: It's a great point. And also, um, I think you you said something that really was, it resonated as, as we've continued to talk about this team being at its best when somebody's not pounding the ball, when it's really team basketball, even when they had everybody back, there were moments where I felt like Jimmy kind of got stagnant and was pounding the ball and over dribbling and doing some stuff in isolation or just with his back to the basket uh, where I felt like early in the season in that early run, there was less of that. It was very much, the ball was on a string and they're moving. So you're right. Like I think a lot of this has to do with guys getting into their roles uh, and playing them well especially when you know you're as short-handed as you are Alex you got 11 you for-
4: turnovers by the way combined between Kyle and Vincent and you
3: survived that too I know 16 as a team uh, I mean there was a lot of things that that you could have easily pointed to and then said oh they got 10 guys and they're all undrafted and looked at the Sixers roster and um and kind of chalked this one as an automatic duh uh you know L and it ended up being a W so um I'm glad you slowed me down because I wanted to look ahead at the schedule because I'm licking my chops as I look ahead, but we need to talk about the fourth <laughs> quarter because it was kind of a, a, a reversal of the entire game, but there's still some resiliency that I think is worth talking about. But before we do that, uh, I want to tell you about a couple of the great sponsors of five Reason sports network and five on the floor. Uh, both of them are really great uh, sports betting platforms. Um, The first one I want to tell you about is my personal favorite for uh, doing daily fantasy, and that's prize picks. So super easy concept. They make it really easy. You pick your favorite stars, choose their over and under. So that's essentially they're going to give you stats or total fantasy points for NFL or NBA players. You choose if they're going to go over or under that number. And then you essentially, uh, you pick those players and then you watch the games, see if they go over and under. Uh, and the more you pick correctly, the more money you'll win. So you can do a three-pick flex or a four-pick flex, or you can do a power play where if you get them all right, you earn up to 10 times the amount that you bet. So it's a really fun platform. I play it every single day. DM me if you want any uh, tips on on uh, daily fantasy with prize picks. The code there, though, super important that you use the code Five F I V E that will get you uh, your deposit doubled. So right when you right when you log in, make your deposit, use the code five, you'll get it doubled up to a uh, hundred dollars. Super fun app, could not recommend it enough. If you're not as much into the prop betting, we have another option for you, and that's Betus.com. Uh, sports betting seasons in full force. Football, you got basketball. Um, if you need a sports book with integrity and longev- longevity, you look at BetUS. Uh, they've been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades. Uh, they are thriving and paying their, lo- their loyal customer base. Um, BetUS, that's B-E-T-U-S dot com. They have loads of bonuses going on. Always, they, uh, you'll receive 125% sign up bonus if you use our code. And it's super easy to remember this because it's the same code as prize picks five F-I-V-E. Uh, they also have re-up and referral bonuses so that you can do your own thing that way. So it is known as America's favorite sports book for a reason, but it's for more than just five reasons. Go to betus.com, use the code five and prize picks, use the code five. So now let's talk about this fourth quarter because they were up. What, what was the, the lead? 22? Was that as high as it got? I, someone tweeted that to me because they were very upset that I asked who would we rather be the Sixers
4: or the Heat? 23 um, was their biggest lead.
3: 23, thank you. Uh, and the sixers chipped away and they chipped away, and they're, they're announcers. I don't know who those people's names are, but whoever you are, if you hear this, I think you're awful at your jobs. Just absolutely, just abysmal.
0: I, oh, I you literally elaborate? I literally Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants they all depend on you, no matter the weather, emergency or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Cringed as I listened to it,
3: it was awful, and I'm not a hypercritical person. I generally try to stay in a kind space. It was awful. The fourth quarter, though, was particularly bad because the Sixers were coming back and they thought they had life. Uh, Alana, I'll start with you. What was going through your mind as you watched the fourth quarter? It didn't look like they were going to hold on. What did you take from it? Um, I have some takes of my own, but I'd love to pick both of your brains in terms of what you saw in that fourth
2: quarter. Uh, I would be lying if I said I didn't think that we were going to squander it. Like, it got to a point where I was just like, oh, that we're just throwing this one away. Um, to me, I mean... The logic, the logical side of me saying they were gassed at that point, just because obviously we have a depleted roster, but I will say, I think part of it might've just been that they got a little bit too confident. I'm all for the confidence. I'm glad that we came out swinging, but I think at that point we got a little complacent Um, until I think for me, it was kind of like seeing PJ sink those two threes. I was like, okay, we're back in it. He kind of calmed everyone down uh, and took kind of hold of the reins there. But I I was nervous. I'm glad we pulled that off because as well as we played those first three quarters, if we didn't close this one out, I mean, heat Twitter would have been burning everything down.
3: So true. And it would have been a, a, a real it would suck to have squandered a game where you are like positioning yourself to steal one on the road mm-hmm. with a team of undrafted players essentially led by kyle lowry and and the sixers are fully loaded like alex did you think that they were going to squander it was there any point in that game where you felt like the slippage was one where um i I think danny green's three-pointer was maybe the only moment spoke called the timeout where i thought okay this could this could go the other way but they quickly turned it around um was there a turning point for you in that fourth quarter
4: uh, there wasn't one specific turning point that I can think of. The Danny Green one comes to mind for sure, but that was like a, a missed to comeback when they were already pretty much all the way back already. I remember the, the Tobias Harris three, the Tobias Harris and one, like there was a, all, obviously all the turnovers. I think all that stuff just led to a lot of easier points. And, you know, the over helping, sometimes what happens is like outside of just the open threes is you get guys like Tobias Harris on the move. Duncan is out of position. He's trying to trail and it's like he, he, just does not have the lateral speed to do that, right? Not everybody can be Bam, Jimmy, et cetera. Duncan, for everything he can do, he just, it's hard for him to cover, like to to cover two people at once sometimes in in the way that, that those rotations work out. But just in general, like, I think the way that they were able to pull it out is because just they grinded it down. And it was that type of game towards the end where although the Sixers were going on that comeback, once it really came down to it, they were able to get the stops they needed. And didn't score enough but like again Gabe Vincent was the was the difference maker there right that three that he hit really opened it up for them That was that was kind of the dagger because that was the one shot they needed to just be able to cushion it enough so that they yeah. could get another stop and then because th- the rebounding was essentially will put this game away other than of course like we've been talking about the the shooting from Gabe and others like they were able to secure a lot of stops because of that shout out to Dwayne man. again I, sh- I shouted him out earlier and PJ Tucker just incredible job of executing what he wanted to do out there even though both of those guys are older and not great like lateral movers essentially relative to how they were before right it's not like they're in the prime of their careers they're out there moving and covering a lot of ground being physical and doing what they needed to not making a lot of mistakes like Dwayne Debman got you know he gives you 14 rebounds five assists two steals did a good job on Embiid one-on-one in general just making him uh take those tougher shots in the mid-range, and they were contested too. He wasn't leaving them wide open or anything like that. I just think in general, incredible team effort. They grinded it down. They they played to their strengths knowing that, you know, you can't try to outscore this team in, in a traditional way, right? Like you got to – once that once those threes stop falling consistently, they ground it down and and were able to kind of put a band-aid on that Sixers run that was – it was getting scary there, man. So I'm just glad that they were able to pull it out uh, because outside of my bias for uh, against the Sixers, I just think this is the type of win that they needed. Right. They, they they pulled out some good ones recently, but it was such a great team effort from the start that it would have been a shame to waste it.
3: Yeah, no, I, I feel you on that. And Dwayne Dedman, like, let's just be straight up about this. To me, when I look at this game and I got to go back and see the first three quarters, he outplayed Joel Embiid. If you're telling me that in 31 minutes, he got 10, 14 and five assists. He was five of eight from the field. And Joel Embiid has got 17. Okay. That's a little five of 13, five five of 13. There we go. You beat me to it. One of five from three, like, yo, stop shooting them. Uh, 14 rebounds, five assists. Like that's essentially what Deadman gave you like to say that the mechanic shout out to Alf, uh, and Miami hippie for the nickname. Um, for him to just play and be to a standstill for Lowry to be down, I I, I continually am impressed by Dedman, uh and his ability to step in. I think you you nailed it there. I I want to ask you a quick question before we transition, Alex. Do you think that the the defensive that do you think random scrub Heat killer that the idea of that is heat fans looking at their team with tunnel vision and they think that it only happens to the heat. Is it a product of the way that they overhelp? Is it, or does, or is it something that really every team feels like that there's a random scrub that kills them? Or is there something specific that happens defensively with overhelping? Cause you mentioned it earlier that leaves guys open where, where people start to like create that narrative random question, but I'm hitting you with it out of nowhere.
4: I think it's a good one but just in general like I think it's a little bit of both right because the thing is that he do give up kind of the most threes when you put it to uh, per 100 possessions shout out uh, dunksandthrees.com for this but they they are number one in opposing uh, opponent shot distribution in three-point rate so again per 100 possessions they give up the most threes and although a lot of them are contested the heat are good at rotating they're they're really used to having to rotate and and do that type of defense where they're either switching or they're helping or they're zoning. They know how to execute all of these. And what ends up happening is a lot of open threes, right? That's kind of just like whatever type of defense you're going to run. And shout out to Cooper Moorhead obviously uh, puts out great work all the time regarding the, he he talks about this all the time. Like, you know, you're going to give something up no matter what type of defense you're running out there. And it seems like no matter what they are running, they tend to give up the three the most because they, they're like, okay, they're, they're okay with giving up some of those threes as long as they're contested and they're not, and you know, it's, from guys that you want taking the shots, just in theory. So, yeah, like there's going to be like a shooting guard almost every night that's going to go off versus them. And tonight, you know, Maxi is no scrub, but I just noticed uh, he played 41 minutes and went 11 of 15. So he had a really nice game. Uh, but just in general, there's going to be a lot of guys hitting threes. And tonight was one of those nights where it didn't really stick out to me other than Maxi, who's just a good player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They went 12 of 37 as a team. And Maxi only hit two threes, right? So it's, I don't think anybody went off specifically. They got Isaiah Joe, who played 11 minutes, hit two threes. But that guy literally got drafted because he's he's a sharpshooter. Yeah. So it's almost like, yeah, these, these guys who are going to hit open threes because that's what the Heat are giving up sometimes. And, and that's how teams get in the rhythm. And sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. I think tonight it went really well, but it's also a product of how focused and sharp they were on the defensive end. Yeah, no, I'm,
3: I'm with you there. And as I look at the, at the month of December, as I kind of, as we start to look ahead and um, we're, so the Heat are four and four. Wait.
4: My bad. Before you go into the month yeah. of December, can I give one more stat? Yeah, hit, it, hit me with it. All right. So uh, another stat website here, I want to give a shout out to Clean the Glass. So uh, the Heat's half court offensive rating tonight was 76 that's really bad. And they were able to win this game on the road against a healthy Sixers team, missing all the guys they're missing. How so deflated. 76 and the Sixers, uh, half court offensive rating was 93. So that's obviously not great, but it's still a pretty considerable, considerable gap, right? So, I would
3: not rather be the Sixers. That's for sure. Cause there's so many things that, um, that the heat did tonight. Sedano's that, on the hot seat. Sedano is on the hot seat, but he's a friend of the program. <laughs> um, so December, they're four and four in the month of December. I've said from the minute Jimmy and Bam went down, just play 500 basketball. If you could do that, you're going to be all right. So far, they've done that in the month of December. But some of these dubs have came against teams I don't think we expected them to come against. So that's at Indiana. I don't know that everybody expected that game to go the way that it went. Maybe so. Milwaukee and Chicago were two games at home uh, that I know everyone wanted them desperately to get because they had lost home games recently but if you looked at the teams I mean I think it was fair to say that they could have likely dropped both of those and then this Philly game was like the last one on the schedule throughout the month uh, that really kind of was a red flag and they've gotten wins in all those games now they've lost a couple they maybe shouldn't have those damn Cleveland Cavaliers but you look ahead now Alana and we've got Orlando twice Detroit twice another game versus Indy but in Miami Washington which Miami tends to play them pretty well and then at San Antonio at Houston both teams are in weird places, uh, although Houston's been playing better of late. So now that they're 500 halfway through the month, but they've beaten some teams they weren't supposed to beat. should I be moving the goalpost, Alana and should should I be looking for it to be better than 500 throughout this month that they don't have their top guys.
2: Honestly, if so, only by a small amount. Um, I, unfortunately, I actually get more nervous that we're playing teams that we should be beating because we all know, and this is not just the season. I've been saying this for like five, six years at least. Like we play up and we play down to competition. Um, I was not so sure about the Bucs game, but I thought we were going to get the Bulls and we did. So right now going up against teams that like on paper we should be getting the dub over makes me a little bit nervous. So I, I don't know, I'm going to be cautious and just say 500. Um, and I, I remember when you had said that originally I was in in full agreement because at this point, especially before knowing Caleb was out before, obviously knowing Tyler, not being sure if Keith was going to get cleared or not. Um, even just with Jimmy and bam, like 500 is an okay place to be. Like I, am okay with that. And now that we have more guys out, I will take 500. I hope that we can take the momentum though from this game, from the Bucks, from the Bulls, and just move forward. Um, hopefully, you know, Gabe can obviously walk into the next game feeling a lot more confident. Yurt is getting better. PJ, I mean, I have loved him since day one, but he keeps getting better and better. So if it is a little bit over 500, that's all I'll give it. But I'm, I'm staying at 500 just in case.
3: I like the measured approach. I think that that's smart. Um, I I think if they just hang like they're four games above 500 right now or so four or five. I I don't have it in front of me right now. Um, Are they 17 and 12 or 16 and 12? Um, Sorry. Which, whichever 70. one it is, whatever. Uh, wh- wh- what is it, Alex? I thought you looked like you had it.
4: I think 17, but
3: I'll take it. That's better than what I said. Initially, five games over 500. If that's where they're at, that's what we're going to say they're at. I don't care. Um, that that what were they when Jimmy and Bam went down they were essentially right there at that if not you know maybe four games over 500 so to me like they're they're stemming the tide and i know that that's a cliche phrase that you would hear on a, maybe a heat broadcast but like like that's essentially what they're doing is they're surviving this stretch uh but what game as we look ahead and i don't want to look too far ahead because we got we have episodes to do um and yes we confirmed 17 and 12 thank you alex um what game worries you the most as we look ahead, just to the next, let's, let's say the next week. And I'm going to give you, if you don't have it in front of you, the next, so they got Orlando on Friday, Detroit on Sunday. So they're on the road and then Indiana and Detroit and Orlando and Washington all at home. Do any of those games worry you Alex Toledo?
4: Yes. And not only just to keep it a little bit more relevant, but one of these two road games, man, they I just have that feeling they're going to blow one. I don't know if it's going to be Orlando or Detroit. Uh, I don't know. Something's biting at me that says Detroit. Maybe it's the Kelly Olenek uh, 6 threes game. I don't even know well, if he's playing Well, I think Michael
2: and Jonathan will both be at the Orlando game, so we know who to blame. If they lose, Oh, good we, point. we have a reason why, and it's not Ethan this time.
4: The five reasons, Jinx? Uh, let's see it if it spreads. Happen. This is a good like experiment to see uh, how far <laughs> it goes because Brady has been the one person who hasn't really – uh who they win every time he's there. I think. I think I'm not sure. I'm
3: impervious uh, to jinxes too, damn it. Nobody's (laughs) gonna lump me in with that toxic stuff.
4: (laughs) But yeah, I think uh they're gonna blow one of these two games. One of the like you know the Pistons are gonna go off from three, right? They're gonna they're gonna (laughs) that's just how it goes sometimes in the NBA regular season. Usually it's the magic, but they're not as good. It could be the magic though, right? Like I just think one of these two games they're not going to be as sharp, and then they're, they're just going to blow it. They're also really, really undermanned, so they can't win them all. I, I'm, I'm glad they've beaten a lot of these better teams. It's kind of shown that they're, they're just a rough team. They're, like, they're really tough to beat in general, even if it is Kyle and a bunch of undrafted dudes, right? So uh, to exaggerate a little bit, but I just think in general, you've gotten through the tougher part. Like you said, you, you've got two road games now against two of the worst teams in the league, and you've got a bunch of home games in a row. And then after the ones you said, you've got the Spurs, you've got the Rockets, you've got the Kings. So it's just you've got a really, really nice stretch coming up. Really nice way to cushion that uh, five games above 500 and, and to rehab some of those guys, not rehab, to rest some of those guys and hopefully get them back soon.
3: Yeah. And also keep them away from all other players, because what's going on around the league right now is scary to see in terms of how many guys are popping up in protocols I, that. they're going to have to adjust something there. And I know that we could do a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to go too deep here, but, uh, I, I'm astounded personally that Caleb Martin is the only guy in protocols. Like I I just figured if one guy has got to, I mean, like, what does that mean for everybody else? So, um, I think that that's something to watch and something also to consider as we're playing these, uh, kind of what we what we conceive to be easier teams but we may be undermanned to your point Alex so like it's not a given that they can get all of these games um anything else anyone wants to add ultimately I just want everyone to leave this show remembering that no matter how good the Sixers are no matter where they play in the playoffs if the Heat are eliminated in the Sixers or in the Eastern Conference Finals two years from now, just remember Greg Sylvander told you, you would always rather be the Miami heat. You will always want to be with that franchise. They are losers. They have always been losers. They will. It's not going to change. And I just think tonight was a perfect. It exemplified everything we talk about when we talk about heat culture over process. And I know that that culture stuff can get super played out. And I know I'm the one shouting it from the rooftops and playing it out the most, but, yo, like, if tonight isn't the proof, I don't know what else is. Anyone else have any final
4: thoughts? You got me amped up, man. This is – uh, the Sixers bring it out of me too, so I'm all the way with you. You got me ready to run through a wall. But really, like, it's awesome to see, man. They keep beating good teams, and I'm glad they were able to hold off the Sixers because – Oh my God. It's just hilarious, man. They're going to end up losing in like the first or second round again. They're never going to see the conference finals throughout this era. It's hilarious, man. Like all of it was for what?
2: We just need to keep playing Miami Heat basketball. Like that's literally all it takes. It doesn't matter who's out there, who's healthy, who's not like that's, that's it.
4: I want Heat Sixers first round. I'm I'm planting my flag on this right now. That is my <laughs> ideal first round matchup. And look, man, I try not to be, like <laughs> try not to go too much heat fan mode on this podcast really. But this, like I said, the Sixers bring it out of me. The heat would win. Would, I think would beat the Sixers in five. I'm being honest with you there. Like I just oh, absolutely. think this, the Sixers are frauds. I think that the heat already know what, what they would throw out there. It, it has already proven to work with or without like the team there. Like, it's just, I would love to see that matchup. It would be great because of all the, you know, the heat Sixers, Jimmy and B narratives, all that stuff. And, uh, Because I think a lot of people still believe it would be like a kind of like a Mm toss-up, so Heat and Five in the first round would be would be pretty nice to see, and I think it would (laughs) happen.
3: Laughing stocks, they are laughing stocks. That franchise is a laughing stock. Everything they do is to be laughed at. Heat culture over process. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports
1: Network.